Hello and welcome back to episode 14 of Dry Jan Like a Sober Rebel. Looking at all those ways you can support this first month of your sobriety and delving into more detail on some of those useful tools and techniques that you can use to support your mental health in all ways. I'm Louisa Evans and I'm a cognitive behavioural hypnotherapist and self-proclaimed sober rebel. If you've stumbled across this episode, just to remind you that it doesn't stand alone. If you want to, you can go back to the start of this mini-series and listen from the beginning. Each episode is building from the one before, and there's a lot of content in here to go through. So today, one of the subjects I want to talk about is thinking errors. So in previous episodes and in my therapy room, I always talk to people about the fact that thoughts aren't facts. There is such a thing as the think, feel, act cycle, as we've talked about in a previous episode. And so what precedes everything that happens will be a thought. You will have a suggestion from your brain entering your mind that you can choose to ignore, to believe, to argue with to act on or to dismiss. And a lot of the time people believe that thoughts are facts, that they have to believe them because they're in their own head and they feel powerful, particularly if they're negative thoughts. Back in 1976, there was an American psychologist called Aaron Beck and he first proposed something called the cognitive distortion theory. He was working with depressed patients And it helped him see that underlying negative beliefs were often the root cause of depression, which prompted him to come up with that theory. Now, why is this relevant when we look at alcohol? Actually, it's relevant in all areas of our life because we're constantly thinking and the brain has a negative bias. So it will go to be more cautious, more negative naturally. So understanding that we will be predisposed personally to following one or two cognitive distortion patterns helps us in distancing from them and in distancing from our thoughts and becoming more objective, we take back control. Our thoughts are influencing how we feel and how we act. And when those thoughts aren't challenged or those beliefs about things aren't challenged, we can end up creating unhelpful habits or unhelpful behaviours. And obviously, the particular behaviour we're talking about is the fact that we've reached more than we'd like for alcohol. But this could be true of anything in life. Your thoughts will be influencing your experience. Beck is somebody that you study when you're studying cognitive behavioural therapy. He is the godfather of CBT. But what I like about CBT is that anyone can benefit from becoming more aware and more objective about their thoughts. It really is bringing the power back into your hands. As an overthinker myself in my 20s, I used to feel like my mind, which would constantly race, almost felt like it had a mind of its own. It really didn't seem like it was in my control. Intrusive thoughts, negative thoughts, catastrophizing thoughts, they would seem to overwhelm me when I was younger. And actually, in learning what I now know, it's helped me to take control and to tame my own mind and to notice when my mind is becoming a little bit out of control in the moment. When I stopped drinking, one of the things I really noticed was that I had to deal with my thoughts. 
I was so used to dampening down my racing mind. I was so used to slowing my energy down by drinking alcohol. I'm always somebody that's got a lot of projects running at any one time and I do find it harder than most to switch my brain off. I'm not somebody who can just sit and watch a television programme. I've got to be reading a book at the same time, playing with my phone, researching something on the internet and watching a film. So I thought over the next couple of episodes we could talk a little bit more about thinking errors, about what they are and how we can manage them. So I thought I'd include a little exercise that you can use about negative beliefs and negative thoughts so that you can consider different ways of approaching those situations, those people, those events or those things that you're thinking how to change those thoughts, because we never look to stop our thoughts. That's impossible. We have so many thoughts at any one time. What we're looking to do is choose the ones that work for us, dismiss the ones that don't. So it's more about thought swapping than thought stopping, creating an alternative way to think about something. And what we've done in the first couple of episodes about alcohol was start to question some of those thoughts and beliefs we had about alcohol helping us relax, helping us with boredom, helping us celebrate or being fun. So this episode, I want to go a little bit more into why it's so important to challenge those thoughts. Because if you don't challenge those thoughts, if you don't look at ways of challenging your thoughts in any situation, then that's where you can feel stuck in a loop Or when it comes to alcohol, like you're feeling left out that everybody else can do something that you can't. So let's get stuck straight in and talk about thinking errors. They're also known as cognitive distortions. And these are irrational ways of thinking that can cause mental and emotional issues and cause them to continue. Things like anxiety, low mood, over-worrying, overthinking, anger management issues even are often fueled by this type of thinking and we're all susceptible to this type of thinking but we'll tend to fall into a few different categories. So although we may all fall prey at times to irrational and extreme thinking, thinking errors are a really distinctive aspect of the everyday life of someone who is experiencing a lot of unpleasant emotions. In anxiety for instance the unpleasant feelings are triggered by frequent negative thinking And that type of thinking then informs decisions to that person on how to act, which can be quite restrictive and incredibly unhelpful. And the reason I focus on anxiety is that a lot of people that are heavy drinkers will be using alcohol to mask anxiety, or they may have believed they were, but they weren't actually aware that alcohol was causing more anxiety. So if there is an underlying anxiousness Once you go sober and stop drinking, you need to deal with that in a very logical and measured way. Understanding in the first instance that thinking errors play a role in keeping you anxious, low or frustrated is a good start. One of the things as well is that cognitive distortions tend to be consistent with the expectations we have of a situation. For instance, if we've generally got a bit of a negative outlook on how others see us, it's more likely that our thinking and our thinking errors will look to confirm those negative expectations. For example, if we've got low self-esteem, after our boss expresses a, a dissatisfaction with our department's performance, for example, 
Thinking errors could then lead you to believe, ah, she thinks I'm rubbish. Now that particular thinking error is called mind reading, or I'm gonna lose my job. That one's called catastrophizing. The challenge comes when you fall into the trap of believing those thoughts are facts. So then we sink into negative emotions associated with those thoughts. They could be worry or anxiety or fear. And so thinking errors are a really critical component in then increasing and maintaining our anxiety. And it can affect our mental health. In CBT, and different therapies are different, but CBT believes that we feel anxious, sad or angry because of the thoughts or the images in our mind that are triggered by the situations that make us feel anxious, sad or angry. So what we look to do is we look to challenge and reframe those negative thoughts. We look to help people understand that they are more in control of which thoughts they believe than they think they are. And that's another negative thinking process, the belief that you can't choose which thoughts. So for now, just accept that you can. You can decide to focus on more helpful thoughts. You can decide to swap them out or use questions to challenge those thoughts that could be keeping you stuck. And that's why journaling, keeping a diary of what you're thinking helps you to distance from those thoughts and look at them and notice any thoughts that could actually be deemed as irrational. And then what we look to do is create a more balanced and rational evidence-based alternative. And nobody's immune to thinking errors. We all do them, but the trick is to catch them, to label them, to distance from them, and then to swap them for a more helpful cognition. And when you practice this on a regular basis, when new, realistic and balanced thoughts are adopted regularly to replace the unhelpful, irrational ones and to build a new habit, you'll start to notice a reduction in the intensity of any issues you're facing. So that could be anxiety or low mood or anger issues. The more the unhelpful thoughts are recognised and replaced with helpful, realistic ones, the healthier you feel when it comes to your mental health. And then you're living a life guided by your choices rather than by fear. So let's look at the thinking errors. Let's look at how we can identify them. The reason we call them thinking errors by labelling them as that makes them have less power you're starting to realise it's a function that you're doing rather than something that's overwhelming you. So challenging and reframing those unhelpful thoughts can be significantly improved when you categorise them in that way and you say, I'm doing that thinking error. And it's really easy, actually, if you start to do it, to identify if one of your thoughts is a thinking error. That thought loses its credibility once you've labelled it as that. And that can actually, in the first instance, just make you feel less anxious, less sad or less angry. So in other words, recognising and labelling thinking errors when they arise can significantly improve our ability to start escaping from any issues we may have with our mental health. Just a bit of a recap so very often our thoughts aren't realistic. They're irrational and they're inaccurate. And recognising and replacing those inaccurate thoughts can be the key to improving communication, to improving relationships and to help you with decision making. Really good mental strength requires a three-pronged approach. 
and that is to manage our thoughts, to regulate our emotions, as we talked about in a previous episode, and then behaving productively despite our circumstances. And that's true when you stop drinking. This is all now about emotional sobriety. Not picking up a drink is the smallest part of actually being sober. What you need to do is regulate and manage your emotions successfully, deal with the negative emotions more productively, and you need to be dealing with those thoughts that you may have used alcohol to drown out in the past. So those thoughts and worries or overthinking or catastrophizing that may have caused you just to have a glass of wine or two at the end of the day to switch off. And those areas I outlined of managing our thoughts, regulating our emotions and then behaving productively despite our circumstances, they can be a struggle, I'm not going to lie, but it's often our thoughts that make it the most difficult to be mentally strong. So as we go about our day-to-day life, our internal monologue, that little voice, narrates our experience. Our self-talk guides our behaviour and influences the way that we interact with others. And it also plays a major role in how you feel about yourself, how you feel about other people, and how you feel about the world in general. And now you're doing this with a clear head. So you have that clarity. You can spot those unhelpful thoughts that could be holding you back, which you'll have picked up along the way from experience or from being hurt in the past or from the stories you're telling yourself or from other people's experiences. But believing those irrational thoughts could lead to problems, including communication issues, relationship problems and unhealthy decisions. So alcohol will have been causing some of those things in your life, but you then take the alcohol out. If you're still having some of those issues, this is a great way then to start to pick apart if there's anything holding you back in the form of what you're telling yourself or how you're talking to yourself. So let's look at the most common thinking errors. They can be divided into 10 categories. So the first is all or nothing thinking. And this is when someone sees things as being black or white. Maybe you have two different categories of co-workers in mind, the good ones and the bad ones. Or maybe you look at each project as either a success or a failure. You might be someone who wants to start a diet on Monday. And if you don't manage it on Monday, that's the whole week gone. It's completely all or nothing thinking. And all or nothing thinking can really come into play with someone who drinks because it's if I'm having one I'm having the bottle all or nothing and a lot of people that are sober will say they're an all or nothing thinker so it's about recognizing when that all or nothing thinking is sabotaging you you don't have to be all or nothing if you haven't managed to do that diet on the day it's about looking for the shades of grey in the situation about saying well I didn't do quite as well as I'd like However, I can start again or I did these things good. So you're looking for the balance rather than it being either good or bad, all or nothing. Look for the shades of grey. The second thinking error is overgeneralizing. So it's taking one particular event and then generalizing it to the rest of our life. So if you failed to close one deal, you might decide I'm terrible at closing deals. Or if you fail in one test, well, that's it, I can't do maths. Or if you're treated poorly by one family member, you might think, well, everyone in my family is rude. 
So just take notice of the times when an incident may apply to one specific situation and try not to spread it then into all areas of life. And the third thinking error is filtering out the positive. If nine good things happen and one bad thing, sometimes we filter out all the good and zoom in on the bad. Maybe we declare that we've had a bad day despite the positive events that occurred. Maybe we look back at our performance and declare it was terrible because we made that one single mistake. So filtering out all the positive can prevent you from establishing a realistic outlook on a situation. What you need to do is develop a balanced outlook by noticing both the positive and the negative. So if you find yourself writing something off and just seeing the negative, really search hard for the positive in that moment. And in the next episode, we're going to go through some really useful questions that you can sit and ask yourself to pick out some of these thinking errors and to challenge them. The fourth thinking error, and this one is so common, it's mind reading. We can never know what someone else is thinking, but how many times do you assume or try to guess you know what's going on in someone's mind? God, he must have thought I was really stupid at that meeting. Well, how do you know? You're making inferences and drawing conclusions that aren't necessarily based on reality. In this instance, you need to remind yourself that you may not be making accurate guesses about other people's perceptions. Mind reading never ends well. And notice when you're doing it. Step back and look at other possibilities that could be going on rather than what you're assuming because you'll often assume the worst. And another really common thinking error, number five, is catastrophizing. Just thinking things are much worse than they actually are. So you might fall short on meeting a financial goal one month and then immediately jump to the conclusion that you're going to end up bankrupt or that you'll never have enough money to retire, even though there's no evidence that the situation is nearly that dire. It can be quite easy to get swept up into catastrophizing a situation once your thoughts become negative. When you begin to predict doom and gloom, Just remind yourself, bring yourself into the here and now and say to yourself, there are many other possible and potential outcomes that don't involve the worst. Number six is emotional reasoning. Our emotions aren't always based on reality, but we often assume those feelings are rational. So if you're worried about something, like making a career change, you might assume, well, I'm right because I'm feeling worried And if I'm this scared about it, it means I shouldn't do it. You believe that the feeling and the emotion is creating a reality. Or you might be tempted to assume, if I feel like a loser, I must be a loser. So it's essential again to recognise that emotions, just like our thoughts, aren't always based on facts. The seventh thinking error is labelling. And labelling involves putting a name to something instead of thinking he made a mistake, you might label your neighbour as an idiot. Labelling people and experiences places them into categories that are often based on isolated incidences. So notice when you're trying to categorise things and work to avoid placing those mental labels on everything. Number eight is fortune telling. And although no one knows what is going to happen in the future, 
we sometimes like to try our hand at fortune telling. We like to think things like, well, I'm going to really embarrass myself tomorrow. Or if I go on a diet, I'm probably just going to gain weight. And these types of thoughts can actually become self-fulfilling prophecies if you're not careful. So when you're predicting doom and gloom and telling yourself that's happened before, so therefore it would happen again, remind yourself of all the other possible outcomes. Catch yourself doing it. Number nine in the thinking error list is personalisation. And as much as we'd like to say we don't think the world revolves around us, it's easy to personalise everything. If a friend doesn't call back, you assume she must be mad at me. If a co-worker is grumpy, you might conclude that he doesn't like me. When you catch yourself personalising like that, just take time to point out to yourself the other possible factors that may be influencing the circumstances and just step back a bit. And number 10 in the thinking error list is unreal ideal. So making unfair comparisons between ourselves and other people can ruin our motivation. And this is so relevant on social media. So rather than measuring your life against someone else's, commit to focusing on your own path to success, on your own sobriety, on your own journey. Because not only do people not show absolutely everything that's going on, It's just really unfair to make comparisons. So I'm going to add an 11th onto the list, and that's shoulding and musting. In fact, Albert Ellis coined the phrase masturbations. Masturbations are where you're saying, I must do this. I must get this project right. I must make this meeting on time. You're placing such importance on something that actually you're likely to fail. And the other word to be aware of is when you're saying, I should. I should know this. I should be married by now. I should be successful by now. I should have children by now. I should be able to stick at this diet. When you're catching yourself doing any of that negative self-talk, again, stop yourself. Label it as a thinking error to take the weight out of it. And then look at an alternative way of dealing with that statement. So once you recognise your thinking errors, you can begin to try challenging those thoughts. And in sobriety, it is a brilliant opportunity to do that. As I say, you're clear-headed. You're aware of all those thoughts coming in. So look for those exceptions to the rule and then gather evidence that your thoughts aren't 100% true. Don't just believe everything you're thinking. I hope you found this episode useful. I will talk more on this subject and I would like to go through an exercise in tomorrow's episode. So if you're listening to tomorrow's episode, I will warn you at the time, please do it in a place where you can just take a moment to yourself with a pen and paper to really think through a scenario or a thinking error that you'd like to overcome. All of the advice contained within any of these episodes is just one way to do things. Take what works for you and ignore what doesn't. I'm not saying this is the only way to do sobriety or indeed anything to do with mental health. Everybody's different, everybody's individual and you need to find what resonates with you and what works for you. You can find hypnosis recordings on my website using code SOBERREBEL to buy one get one free and you can also follow me on Instagram at Stepping Into Sobriety or purchase my audiobook on Audible. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you tomorrow.